Hey there, Super Sober Heroes. It's your host, Sober Steve, the podcast guy. And before we jump into today's episode, I want to take a brief moment to ask for your help to shape the future of gay A. Over the years, this podcast has grown and evolved as I've grown in my sobriety. And recently, I've been investing wild amounts of time, money, and energy to find ways to level up this podcast so it can get heard by the people who need to hear it. I want to take a brief moment to check in with all of you, though, to see what you love about the current show and what could be better as I'm growing and moving forward. In the show notes is a three to five minute survey for you to complete. I kindly ask that you pause this episode and take the time to complete it if you haven't already. You are kind enough to give me 20 to 40 minutes of your time each week when you listen to these episodes, and I want to make sure it's time well spent. So please let your voice be heard. Thanks, SoberPod, and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Gay A, a podcast about sobriety for the LGBT plus community and our allies. I'm your host, Steve Bennett Martin. I am an alcoholic, and I'm grateful for the support of my sponsor as I navigate my eighth step. As of this recording, I am 299 days sober, and we're welcoming a guest to share their experience, wisdom, and hope with you. Welcome to the show, Eric. Hi, Steve. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being on. And why don't you start by introducing yourself with a little bit about who you are? So my name is Eric Kramer. I um, work in sales and marketing. This is my 255th day alcohol-free. My pronouns are he, him. I don't know. What else do you want to know? Well, that covers the basics. And congratulations. We got sober, like, give or take within like a month of each other then, if math works. <laughs> yeah, it's really close to each other. Cool. Well, why don't you we then jump into the good stuff and tell us a little bit about what your journey with alcohol and addiction was like. So I never really drank in high school, strange enough. It wasn't until I turned like 22, 23, and I came out and I discovered the gay bars that I really started drinking. I mean... It was just part of my identity for so long. It was the only place you go and hang out with other gay people, especially in a small town. You know, the gay bar was the place to be. So, I mean, that was when I really started drinking. I managed it pretty well for years. I, I never really got in any legal trouble with it. I, will, I did get a DUI when I was 26, but I'm 42 now. So that was quite some time ago. I've not gotten in any legal trouble from it. Just like over the pandemic, I started drinking so much. And I'm sure I know a lot of people did the same thing over the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was just after we started going back to work, I was still drinking a half a bottle of vodka or a bottle of vodka every single night. I felt like shit every single day. And I think what really led me to get get sober... um, was my two owners of my business. One of them is a recovering alcoholic and he's seven years sober. So when I started this job, I was still drinking, whatever, but like through talking to him, like he's the first person that I talked to that kind of made it sound like it wasn't a, a life sentence of boredom if you gave up alcohol because my whole life revolved, revolved around alcohol, you know, like my friend group would go to bars. We run a Euchre tournament every Thursday at a bar. I used to run karaoke at a bar. So like, I don't know, for the longest time, the thought of, you know, alcohol not being a part of my life just sounded like 
you know, well, you might as well just kill me. I don't, I'm not going to have any fun if I, if I can't drink. But Rook, my boss, he, he was the first person that kind of made it sound like, you know, it, it isn't, it isn't a bad thing, you know? And I, I confided in him. We were, I was four days sober. I decided to give it a shot getting sober. And then four days into that, we had to take a trip to go uh, visit one of our uh, distributors or something. And it was a three hour drive. So I rode with him and I kind of brought it up to him, you know, well, what's it like, blah, 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 you know, you know, does it, <laughs> you know, I just, I had so many questions and I don't know, he just kind of, he's seven years sober and he's a really chill person. So he kind of, you know, he gave me the, to me, that was kind of like an okay to, to say, yeah, maybe I should explore this. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of where I am now. And I've been going through that for 255 days now. Congratulations on that. And what Thank would you, you, what would you say has changed in your life since getting sober? Oh my God. So much has so much has changed since I got sober. Like I have a lot more money. First mm-hmm. of all, alcohol is expensive, you know, even lying to myself when, you know, we, we would say, oh, we'll just go buy a bottle and we'll stay at home and drink. That's just as expensive as going to a bar. So that's the first thing has changed. And I have goals now. I've, I've lost, lost about 70 pounds. So I was very overweight when I decided to quit drinking. When I was still drinking, I would like get out of breath going up my stairs to go to my bedroom. And now I work out for at least an hour every day. So that's another thing that's changed. And I think that the biggest thing that changed is I think I have a lot more respect for myself and that comes across to other people when I talk to them now. Yeah, I can definitely see and understand that. And congratulations on like your fitness journey. I've been following you on Instagram for a while and just seeing that transformation. So just been almost as inspiring as your sobriety is. They're both awesome. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. And you had mentioned how you first really started like drinking when you came out. I mean, how would you say your sexuality played a role in your addiction? Well, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to blame this. I don't want this to come off as like I'm blaming my parents for my alcohol. My, my dad had an alcohol problem. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I would have gone down the same path, whether or not the bars were involved. So I don't want it to sound like I'm falling back on them, but I do think that I have a, I have the gene or whatever. Yeah. That, yeah. But I would definitely say that it contributed a large portion to my, the, to my relationship with alcohol, you know, you go to a drag show at a bar. What are the drag queens doing? Buying a shot for somebody, doing a toast to the entire bar. Here, let's do a shot, and then I don't know. It's the whole gay bar culture is just it's it's all about alcohol, and uh, of course, it, it contributed to it. Yeah. And I mean, flipping that around then, I know you were concerned about not being able to have fun in sobriety. I mean, what's been your relationship to the gay community now that you've gotten sober? Now that I have gotten sober, you know, I'm, I I don't really go out to the bars anymore. My husband does still run our weekly Euchre tournament on Thursdays. 
he actually quit drinking with me too, which I thought was pretty cool. So that was something that was a big help with me, you know, having the support at work and then coming home and having the support from my husband as well, definitely helped me in my journey. Yeah. And I, I don't get the chance to talk to too many other like married gay sober people or like people in our community that are married. I mean, what was that process like getting sober in a relationship? Like I'm sure that there was, if it was anything like mine, there was like damage during the, the drinking. How was that like going repairing it while you were getting sober? Well, I mean, that's, that's an ongoing process. I mean, we've been together for, it'll be 15 years in August this year. And yeah, over the course of 15 years, we've said mean things to each other and, you know, things that when you're under the influence of alcohol, you might not think of the consequence that those words carry or the mm-hmm. the weight that those words carry and having to like relitigate some of that stuff, not drunk. I mean, that's difficult, but I mean... He and I, our relationship's definitely gotten a lot better since we quit drinking. Excellent. Well, that's um, good to hear. Congratulations on 15 years in, in, in our world. That's like four decades. <laughs> it's a long time. <laughs> yeah. Are you married? Are you married? Yes. Uh, we have our six-year anniversary tomorrow, actually, from our wedding. Oh, well, congratulations. Thank you. Been together like almost 10, but married six. Okay. Congratulations. Thank you. He's a very lucky guy. <laughs> right back at you and yours. <laughs> now, we, we found one another after multiple listeners wanted to hear the perspective of someone who is Cali sober. <laughs> and for those unfamiliar, uh, that's the term that's generally defined as someone who doesn't drink alcohol, but does smoke or use marijuana. Can you tell us a little bit more about the picture that that plays for you, please? Cali sober or whatever um, you call it. I don't I don't know. The older I get, the more I hate labels. Mm-hmm. So I just, this is my version of sober yeah. alcohol. When you, when I, for me, at least when mm-hmm. I would drink alcohol, I, I wouldn't stop. Mm-hmm. Like I would run out of whatever I was drinking and I would dig through the liquor cabinet to find anything in there to drink or alcohol just takes me to a very, dark place where I need to keep drinking it. And I don't know, for me, marijuana doesn't do that. Where alcohol controlled me, I think I control my use of, the, of marijuana a lot more. So that's, that's my biggest thing, I guess. What, what would you like to know? Well, just in, in, in general, I mean, I know you had mentioned that part of the reason why you use it, it's prescribed for pain. Yeah, I'm in Ohio. Where are you? Florida. Oh, okay. I love Florida. My husband's sister lives in Florida. Um, So it's legal here in Ohio medicinally. And I've had my medical recommendation is what they call it here in Ohio for three years going on four years now. And I got it for sciatica is what my qualifying condition is what they call it here in the state of Ohio. I mean, that's what I got it for. I, I obviously... It works sometimes for pain, but have you ever, have you used marijuana? Yes, I, I certainly have. Um, I've shared a, a bit with listeners before, but this is the first time I'm really going into it. Like my first 30 days of sobriety, I was still using smoking marijuana like daily and regularly. 
it was it was like a choice for me to stop that because like while you're you're like you were able to kind of put it really well that like while alcohol controlled you you can't you're able to control the marijuana usage i was not able to control either so i was just smoking just eventually just to feel normal and you know the amount that i was going through and not even really feeling or noticing that i was feeling anything different like it was just something that like I chose to give up, but I definitely see because I work with seniors like how helpful it is for so many different people who experience pain or nausea or, you know, other things that happen, you know, as we age or have health complications that, you know, that's why I was interested in exploring this more because, you know, you never really hear about how alcohol helps people, but like people definitely see a lot of benefits from marijuana. And so just getting the perspective of someone who's seeing those and is able to, to kind of control it while living a sober lifestyle, I think it's just awesome for you. Well, thank you. And I I mean, when I got it prescribed, I I was having really bad back pain, but at the same time I was 70 pounds heavier, very inactive, drinking a lot and just overall unhealthy. Um, so as I'm losing weight now, I have less and less back pain, but the, you know, marijuana does help with the recovery from a tough workout too. So, I mean, you take a shower and, uh, take a couple puffs off of your vape after the workout and like, you're just chill for the rest of the evening. And, and that's how it works for me. I don't like, I'm not the type of person light up two blunts and let's just smoke them until they're gone. My neighbor across the street, <laughs> that's her, but I don't like to be super high. Anyways, so I guess that's probably part of why it's easier for me to control it, my use of it. Yeah. And have you, you know, in the sobriety community, like everyone has their own definitions and labels and things like that, that, you know, I know you mentioned you hate, but have you ever experienced people judging your your use? Not to my face. Okay. That doesn't mean that they don't. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Rick, who, uh, my boss, that has been my biggest inspiration to, to see how long and just keep, keep going forward, being sober. Mm-hmm. My biggest inspiration by far, like he knows that I still smoke weed. He sees that I am responsible when I use it. Like I don't go into work high. I don't smoke at work. I mean, and he's, he's cool with it. He's never said one bad thing about it. So like my sobriety looks different than his sobriety. And I, I think Sobriety in general isn't like a one one size fits all solution. Like you said, you you have trouble controlling your use of marijuana. Oh, oh yeah, I was doing it at work. You. I was doing it while I was driving. I did it when I woke up. Pretty much like every at least five to ten minutes until I went to bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and see, so your your sobriety looks a lot different than mine. Yeah, I guess I guess in the end, it's like when should you stop using it? Is maybe, you know, if it's interfering with your everyday, if it's not bettering you, I guess, in any way. Yeah. And, and that's what, that's what, why I chose after, you know, I got sober to, to you know, stop the marijuana usages. I realized that it, like, it, like you had mentioned earlier, like it was controlling me. Like it's not even that I needed it anymore. It was just something that I was just doing. And, you know, I, it helped me, I would say definitely that first 30 months of getting sober, you know, if I tried to change both of them at once, I'd think my head might've exploded, <laughs> but, uh, Oh my gosh, I can, yeah. I can imagine. So, <laughs> yeah. So it, it was, it was definitely something that I'd like to, to taper off, but yeah, as I'm approaching my 10 months of, you know, sober, 
sober, like, cause alcohol was the one that like was destroying my life. Like marijuana, like never got me into trouble. I never had any fights about it. My husband was like, please behave. Like he was worried when I stopped, he's like, I don't know who you're going to be if you're not doing that. Cause that levels you out and like keeps you cool. So, you know, obviously I'm okay now without it, but it was just such a part of my life during that time to help with that transition that I think, you know, like I said, I see the benefits for everyone else. I just didn't want something that was controlling me. Yeah, completely. And, and that first, like that first, like 30 days quitting is that was so hard. Mm -hmm. Like I would, I started my blog when I first got sober because I needed something to distract myself from thinking, Oh my God, I want to drink. Oh my God, I want to drink. Oh my God, I want to drink. So I needed to do something. So I would come home after work in the evenings, smoke a bowl, and I would just like write out very detailed what happened that day and find things that were good that happened that day and positive things that have happened that day. And I would just put them out. I would just type it out. I don't know why. I don't know if anyone wants to read it. I don't even know if anyone really reads it, but it helped me immensely just to like get those thoughts and feelings of God, I want to drink. I need a drink. <laughs> what am I doing with my life? That type of stuff. It, just getting it out of my head and onto the blog was was very helpful in the first couple of weeks. I can imagine. I mean, reflecting back at that time, if or when you give advice to people who are sober curious or newly sober, what would that advice be? If you're if you're curious, do it. What do you have to lose? Mm -hmm. I, what do you have to lose? So you 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 quit drinking for a week. You don't like it, go back to drinking. I mean, you have not, you have absolutely nothing to lose. Yeah, I, I agree. I've never heard of someone who, who regretted getting sober <laughs> or no, trying it. No. Yeah. no. And, and I mean, Rick, he's, I mean, he's my like sober role model, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Cause I've mentioned him a million times during this podcast, but I mean, I completely lost my train of thought. There was my, uh, <laughs> The marijuana kicking. Um, <laughs> what were what was the what were we talking about just before that? Just giving advice to people who are nearly sober and just you know just giving it a chance. Like people don't regret trying to get sober, even if they end up like eventually learning how to control their drinking. Like, sure, someone could do that. I know I'm not that type of person, but you know, no one's ever regretted time spent sober in my experience. Yeah, and right, this is what I was getting to with with my mentor is that every day gets better. Like if you, every day, if your your goal to get sober is obviously to better yourself. If you wake up every day and say, what can I do today to be just a little bit better than I was yesterday? It, those things tend to like snowball. And if you think some, if you think life is good after 30 days of sober, get to 255 days sober because that's all I can speak to because that's where I am right now. But it's just been, it's been like a snowball of like little accomplishments turning into big accomplishments and turning into me doing things I never thought I could do. Like I do an hour of cardio every single day now. And I got winded walking up my stairs nine months ago. So I, I mean, every day just keeps getting better. That's amazing. And, you know, in the recovery world, we, we typically love our steps, traditions, or sayings. Do you have a favorite mantra or quote that you like to try and live by? 
So I couldn't narrow it down to just one quote. That's okay. Um, <laughs> we'll take a I'll couple. I'll narrow it down to every morning when I get in my truck to go to work, I play the song Not Afraid by Eminem. Mm-hmm. And that song just, I don't know, it just speaks to me. It like It's about his struggle to get clean and get sober and doing it for himself. Mm-hmm. And it just like, it fits very well with my motivation to get sober and, and better myself and come out stronger than I was before. Yeah. And did you say you had a, another one as well? Another, another one is a line in the song, live your life by T.I. and Rihanna, mm-hmm. where T.I. says, stop looking at what you ain't got and start being thankful for what you do got. That is a good one That's, to have. I, I love that line. Yeah, I, that, that's definitely a, a good mantra as well. Now, uh, if the listeners are interested in following your journey, I know you are recovering out loud as well as showing your fitness journey on Instagram. Would you like to share your your at? Yeah, sure. It's at Reinventing Eric. And that's the name of my blog as well. I named it that because when I decided to get sober, I was completely disgusted with the person i I had become, and I wanted to reinvent myself like, like Madonna. Perfect. <laughs> yes. Well, well, I'll make sure to link over not only to add your at, but also the link over to your blog in the show notes so that people can go on over and find you. Awesome. Thanks, Steve. Thank you so much for being on Eric. And thank you listeners for listening to another episode of Gay A. Please rate and review if you found this information helpful. Your reviews are what help other people who need to hear the podcast find us easier. Also, if you're interested in sharing your story like Eric here, getting involved with the show, or just saying hi, email me at gayapodcast at gmail.com. And make sure you're following us wherever you're listening so you can get new episodes when they can come out every Monday and Thursday. And until next time, stay sober, friends.